Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Central Stadium, an iconic sporting venue. As part of a major fundraising drive, My Stadium Seat is offering you the chance to place your name or the name of someone who loves GAA on a seat at the Field of Legends. Packages from €100 Euro include seat naming plaques, certs of authenticity, online biographies and open day tickets. Show your support or make someone's Christmas. Visit MyStadiumSeat.com. Sample Stadium, where every name matters. An action-packed show in store as Jerry O'Neill and Inda Tracy review last weekend's round one at the Miller Shield. Anthony Shelley joins us to discuss last weekend's drama in the county football finals, while Sean Smith and Inda look ahead to the next weekend's county senior hurling final replay. But first, David Morgan tells us about Simple Stadium's new fundraising initiative, My Stadium Seed. Okay, folks, anyone that was at the recent county final would have seen the launch of My Stadium Seed, which took place at halftime in the county final with Owen Kelly, Liam Sheedy, and Brendan Cummins in, in situ. Um, it is the brainchild of uh, David and Toby Morgan, who are involved in the Central Stadium Committee, and we're delighted to have David joining us on the Premier View today. How are you getting on, David? That's about it all, Michael, and thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate no bother, it. No bother at all. So, David, um, just give us a bit of background on, on Central Stadium and what my stadium seat is all about, please, if you wouldn't mind. Okay, I suppose... Um, Simple Stadium is an iconic stadium. It's the number two venue, GA Stadium in, in Ireland. And as such, um, has a huge history. And I suppose really the whole idea of the mystadiumseat.com is a simple idea that Toby came up with. And it's about protecting the future of the stadium and protecting the chance of making more history and more memories for people. Um, simple Stadium is an expensive uh, 
big piece of real estate to keep um, maintained. And look, at we've uh, big plans for the canal stand, affectionately known as the old stand. And um, look, at it, it's about, you know, if, if I'm to quote Owen Kelly, it's about, not about having great facilities or good facilities. It's about having world-class facilities. And um, that's what we're trying to do. Look at the old stand um, will be, we're going to build the players' gym there. We're going to have um, uh, physio rooms. We're going to have stats rooms, um, dressing rooms. It's adjacent to Dr. Morris Park. It's right on It's right on the footprint of Simple Stadium. It's also about protecting the infrastructure that's already in existence. And as you can see, down through different um, years, we would have had to invest into, into that stand. And um, it's an exciting venture. It's something that we've got planning permission for. It'll really enhance all the old stand. Um, also, there'll be some corporate rooms there. There'll be a function room, corporate room. There'll be some meeting rooms there. And um, look, at I suppose we like to think that Simple Stadium is a stadium for everyone, you know, so that's what we're trying to protect. Yeah, you made a very interesting point there about, about the running and the running costs of, of the stadium. And I suppose any of us that are involved in GA clubs will know how, how much work it goes into the upkeep of a club field. But maybe the uninitiated amongst us um, wouldn't have a clue, I suppose, about the running costs or what it takes to run a stadium uh, like, like Simple Stadium and, and, and what goes into, I suppose, the, the, the upkeep of, of, of what is the number two stadium in, in the country. Okay, well, sure. I suppose that's an, that's an interesting question and it's got a lot of answers to it just because there's a lot of areas. I mean, you have your normal fixed costs like insurance, rates, all of that. They're a given. You can talk about 100, 120,000 a year for those. But more importantly, silly things that people wouldn't think about. Me on a big match day, Munster final, my big worry on Munster final day is water. And how many gallons of water am I going to use to flush toilets? And... Um, it's an astronomical amount. People, I often ask people to guess and look at their calculating it off their homes and stuff. But just as a quick one, we will do anywhere between 150 and 220,000 gallons of water wow. flushed into toilets. And there's a whole background to that. You know, there's the storage tanks, there's the well, there's the pumps, there's the chlorination units, the softening units. There's a whole management system of that. That costs money. And that's just a simple thing. Um, big match days, 70, 72 turnstiles open, a lot of people, a hmm. lot of stewards, you know. We have um, we have 120 FETAC trained stewards, um, plus all of Robert's, our chief steward, Robert Ryan's chief steward, our chief steward, he has a big team in there as well. A lot of costs, a lot of stats. The pitch itself is ongoing. Um, if you consider the pitch this year, um, it's been strange, you know, we've, we've gone from being in COVID, complete lockdown, matches behind closed doors to people coming in and people coming in and people arriving last Sunday to see, last Sunday week to see Lockmore and Turlough Southfields having a great draw. And then you've got the football last Sunday. But since the beginning of the year, we've had 52 games in Simple Stadium without any of the tip senior teams training sessions or challenge matches. So it's a busy, busy pitch. It's a wonderful sod. It costs money to keep it that way. We've got a wonderful ground staff in Park Green, Pat Callanan, um, Andy. We've got Khan in there. 
So we've got, you know, guys that are working on those pitches above in Dr. Morris Park as well, you know, so it's full on. Yeah, it's not, it's not just a case of, of turning up, turning on the lights and in the dressing rooms and, and going out onto the field. There's a lot more work that goes into a match day than, than, than just an hour before in the, the game, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, Anna Kennedy and Ashton Maher, they're there making sure that the facility is clean and tidy. We've got Ryan's cleaning coming in as well, outside contractors. Um, Jerry O'Sullivan done mountains, trojans of work this year. We've just um, upgraded the seats in the new stand there. If you look at them now, they're all nice and new looking. Um, Jerry came up with a scheme there for that and we've done it and it looks really great. And I suppose we're very cognizant as well within the stadium of supporting local businesses and industries and stuff. And look at simple stadiums like an industry, you know, it provides a lot of, of, of employment and it provides a lot of funds and money into the town of Turles as well. Yeah. So just moving on to the, the initiative. So I was at a county board meeting recently and I heard a figure of 10 million being, being um put out as, as what might be needed to to refurbish what is uh, as you said affectionately known as the old stand but my stadium seat what what exactly is is this initiative okay i suppose the the initiative is my stadium seat um it's um an e-commerce website um so you log on to my stadium seat you're taken through a menu and you get the opportunity to um buy put your name on a seat and there's different packages there. We have the, the hero, the, um, sorry. Um, <coughs> excuse me. All right. Um, we've got the hero, the double and the all-star packages. And there's 100 euros, 200 euros and 500 euros. So I'll give you the, the hero is three years. Your name's on a seat for three years. Now, I suppose you're saying, well, so what? And a name, a seat is a seat and you put a name in it. When you put the name in it, you put the motion into it because someone has put their name to it. And behind that, there's a story. And with that, on the website, you're allowed to put on, um, a, on the fan story wall, a little story or a bio about the person you're buying it for. It might be yourself. It might be um, a new arrival into your family and you've got great... Um, um, hopes for this person that they're going to come and play either camogie or ladies football or hurling or football on the famous side. And it's a way of protecting that. But you can talk a little bit about that. Or it might be, for me, in my case, I'm one of 11. Um, my dad, obviously a very busy man. <laughs> and for me, my earliest memory as a child, a little boy was coming to Turles, my first big game, coming down over the bridge, all the colour, all the excitement, my dad holding my hand. I was the only one of the 11 taken that day. So it was special to me. I had one and one time with my dad. My biggest worry was, hey, would he buy me a cap, one of those famous paper caps, the rain, the die ran down your head, and yeah. a flag. But for me, special time. So my dad has deceased now, God rest him. And for me, I think of my dad, I think of that day, and I think of what it was like to be with him just that one-on-one time. I listened to Owen Kelly talking about his times in Simple Stadium, coming there with his dad and rolling on to his hurling career, which is still in full flow. He's still out in the stadium. Hurling. And then talking about his wish for his children and what it means to him to bring in his kids. So there's that whole story that can be captured. So you can see how the emotion is put into that seat. And um, so that's the fan story wall. 
um, then you get your four tickets to the Ultimate Fans Day, where you can come to Simple Stadium on a given day, which will be letting people know through our social media and through the website when that's going to be available. They'll get four tickets. And on a day like that, if it was, you know, think someone coming from, it's a day out. So you're bringing the family out. You might make a day out of it. You might come across, have a bit of a meal somewhere, full day with the person that you bought the, the seat name for, or just in the memory of someone. So it's a family day again. And Simple Stadium is a family venue. You look here, any match day, there's loads of kids. There's the generational there. You've got the granddad, the grandmam, the dads, the mams, the kids. And it's a lovely site. And we love to see that here in Simple Stadium. It's very important. because, And again, within all of that, there's all those stories. And um, then um, you're up there. You know, you have your name in that seat for three years. And um, it's an exciting venture, we feel. The double then, you're up there with all of the same, again, for eight years. Um, I suppose I left out the certificate. You also get an official certificate of authenticity, which is personalized to you. So the person buying that is able to personalize it and maybe send a message like for Christmas. Um, hi, Dad or hi, Mom. Thanks for the wonderful memories in Simple Stadium. Happy Christmas. Love, David, Michael, whoever, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, it's, it's just a nice way to personalize it. And I suppose the big one is the All-Star. And um, that one gets you everything that I've just spoken about, but also your name goes on the wall of legends and you're there forever. And people can come in in years to come and just look at that name, scan in the QR code, which I will explain a little bit in a second, and read about that person. So if you think about it, you know, you go into different stadiums like Celtic, I know Celtic, um, the soccer stadium in, in Scotland, you know, you have your name on a wall or brick on a wall, it's just a name. It doesn't tell you the story. What's new about this and what's new about this initiative is the QR code taking you to the <clears throat> fan's story wall and be able to read about that person and get a feel for them and to understand what it, what it meant to them and what the stadium means to them. So coming in on a match day here, you sit on your seat, you'll see the person's name, you'll be able to scan the QR code through your phone, takes you to the website and you can read all about that person. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a, that that sounds sounds very good, and I think as a, all of us, as either supporters or players, uh, would have dreamed of of being in Central Stadium, see the the big games as as we were growing up. the The proceeds then of this initiative, um, you mentioned some of the things earlier on in, in your introduction, but what is the refurbishment of of the old stand? What what will it entail? I saw somewhere that maybe. That we were going to maybe two tiers in 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 the old stand, uh, which which would be huge if if, if well, it was to come about. I suppose where the idea came and how we came to it, there's a whole mezzanine level in the old stand that's just open. So when you're walking out from Dr. Morris Park, you look in there, you see a big open piece, um, uh, mezzanine level, um, which is open, and we have all that footprint. So it was about sweating what they call in my old business term, about sweating the assets, sweating the building. It's getting the most out of the stand. So we thought about it and we said, well, you know, it's adjacent to Dr. Morris Park. It'll provide us with a whole new aesthetic out the visual out the back there as well for even our neighbours. It'll be a much more attractive building. Um, We will bring it, and it's really player focused as well. And I mean, Dr. Morris there's plans to upgrade the, the dressing rooms and stuff, but you know, there's a lot more female activity and there's a lot more male activity. And for that, 
standards have moved forward. You know, I mean, to be at the top within our game and our association, we like to drive the standards. And in Tipperary, there's a wonderful team ethos. You know, everyone, all of us are together. Um, the guys working in the stadium, the chefs, the cooks, the, delivering the food to the players, the girls making sure the dress room's right, the guys doing the pitch, and we call it Team Tipperary. Everyone is driving and striving towards the, the girls winning the Camogie All-Ireland or the ladies' football or our own guys winning the All-Ireland hurling or down the grades. So it's that investment and what's that required. So if you're putting... You know, we've great management around these people. We've got to put the facilities and the backup stuff to them in there as well. And that's what um, what we're doing in the old stand will do. It's like a center of excellence. But also, I have to stress, it's also protecting the fabric of the building. There's, you know, concrete spoils. Um, you get leaks. You get everything else. All that needs upgrading now. Yeah. The, the benefit of, of this then is, well... All that stuff that you, you mentioned is, is of benefit to the player, but there, I presume the, the fan experience or the supporter experience will, will be enhanced as well on a visit to, to the stadium. It will, yeah, because coming in there then automatically, um, the old stand can be a little bit cold on match day and stuff. And if you've sealed up the building, it becomes a lot warmer and nicer. Um, you're coming into a nice, more modern facility. Um, we won't be taking away any of the... Um, um, capacity within the stadium there will be a, probably um, a, a more of a facility to deal with corporate and how we might deal with that and give a better experience for those the ordinary fan then the concessions and all that streetscape that's underneath the old stand that'll all um, just sit nicely within what's there within the facility and um, then it's about out front of the old stand, having that right and um, getting that more modern and cleaner and nicer, you know, and it's about comfort. And like I said, it's the family, it's the mum getting us up, getting have your breakfast as we're going to Simple Stadium. And what we need to ensure is in the household at home, when dad's coming home and he's saying, ma'am, I'd love to be going to the Munster Senior Final, the Hurling Final or the Semi-Final, that it's a good experience for the whole family and she's fully bought into it and that they know they can go and have a real nice day. Yeah, I know it, 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 it sounds, uh, it sounds terrific and it's a great initiative. And I really look forward to seeing those fan stories um, in the future um, as this, this whole thing plays out. So just before we finish up, you might run through the, the packages again there. So people are, people are aware of them. Okay. I suppose uh, I'm going to top it and tail it by saying, look at in simple stadium, we, firmly believe that every name matters. And for that, the price, the price points reflect that with the 100 euros, the 200 euros and the 500 euros. And um, we fully believe that every name matters. Um, so you've got the hero for 100 euros that puts your name on a seat with that lovely QR code. And it gives you that personalized certificate. It gives you the fan story wall and the opportunity to write the story behind the person. And it gives you the four tickets to the ultimate fan day, and you're on there for three, five, um, three years. The double, then, it's all of what I've just said, and it's for eight years, and it's costing 200 euros. And then the all star is 500 euros. You're going to get your <clears throat> official certificate, which is personalized. You're going to have your fan story wall and the story about the person. 
you're going to have your tickets for the ultimate fan day and meet the legends and sit down, get your photograph taken. Um, and that goes across all of the packages. And then you get your name up on the wall of legends. And um, that's where, you know, you're there and you're there forever. Log on to www.mystadiumseat.com for the ultimate Christmas gift for the avid GA fan in your life. Absolutely. That, that sounds terrific, David. Uh, thanks very much for joining us on the Premier View. Um, all that information is available on mystadiumseat.com and on um, social media, Twitter, mystadiumseat, and Instagram, mystadiumseat. Uh, so if anyone wants any more information, you can certainly certainly get the, there's a, a ton of information there. Uh, David Morgan of the Simple Stadium Committee, thanks very much for joining us on the Premier View. Thank you, Michael. Okay, lads, uh, the Miller Shield kicked off last weekend and uh, the first game up was in Holy Cross at 11 o'clock Saturday morning. Uh, there for us was um, our, our two, two roving reporters, uh, Jerry O'Neill there from Cap White and Andy Trace from Tumi Vera. Uh, Jerry, the North had, a, had a quite an easy win in this one um, in, in the resplendent uh, Kiladangan jerseys. They can't stop winning. Yeah. Uh, good to see a couple of Tumi Vera lads hugged out in Kiladangan jerseys as well. But uh, yeah, the, the North... The, the South, the North weren't up, uh, really hammered the South in the end, didn't they? Yeah, in fairness, for the, for the first 10, 15 minutes, it was competitive. It was, um, it was kind of score for score until um, the North got the first goal and then they, they kind of pulled away coming up to half time. But yeah, the North are very strong. They had a very strong team out. It's hard to know what the story with the South was where they, where they turned down. The lot lads turned down positions. It's hard to know, but um, yeah, the North looked the North, the North looked super now. In fairness, yeah, um, there was a couple of good contributions, I believe, from from Keen Darcy and David Leeson um, on, on the North side. Yeah, Keen Darcy and Alan Tynan started in the middle of the field. Actually, got the first, they got the first three scores of the game between them. Um, Tynan got two, and Darcy got one. But um. Yeah, they kind of ran the show there up to half time, but they, they they moved them at half time. I think uh, Darcy went in centre forward for the second half, and he actually got um he got he got four three four three or four points in a row at the start of the second half from centre forward, and he and he looked at class apart, he really did. And Tynan uh, came back on wing back there for the last fifteen minutes, and he, he looks the real deal as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the South first South, I suppose Dylan Walsh from Bellingary, he was uh, he was their main threat all day long. He he does look very impressive now. Um for the supply of ball that he got, like it wasn't wasn't 80-20 ball or 70-30 ball, it was 50-50 and he was well able to win him. So yeah, he, for for the South, Dylan Walsh was by far their main man and the North, I suppose Darcy was the main man really. But he he looked at the class the class player on the team, but for me, a man that I probably wouldn't have seen a lot of, but you'd always see him on the panel and the tip teams is Quigley fullback, James Quigley. So he 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 was very, very impressive and he was marking Jack Shelley like and there's a lot of talk about Jack Shelley's after having a good championship for Mullinahone and Jesus Quigley was outstanding like and I didn't think he was as good as uh, as that. So he he was a big positive, I I believe anyway. Yeah. Uh, of course, we're calling it the North, but it was actually a Northwest combination team. And uh, Robbie Quirk came on there in the second half for, for the North. And he did. How, how, how did Robbie go? No, I was delighted, actually, because he, he wasn't down on the program at all. But obviously, when he came on, I, I knew it was him. And uh, 
I was delighted to see him. He's after getting strong. He's a lot bigger. Um, he done fine. Look at that. Not a lot of ball came his way, but anything he had to do, he done it well. Like he's he he's going to be a good prospect. You'd imagine like and um, I was delighted to see he actually got got the call in there. And you never know the weekend like he could be he could be in like they might look at him against the West like to be a good old test for him, John. So yeah. hopefully he gets another another chance at it anyway. Yeah, Inda, you you were at that game as well. Um, did you? Would you concur with Jerry? Were those players the ones that stood out for you, Tyne and Ian Darcy? Yeah, he was fairly spot on, Jerry. In fairness, um, David Gleeson as well. Uh, two four from play is a great day out, especially when look, Davy. Like we haven't heard. Look, he's playing for Ballina Hinch at intermediate level. And it's it's hard to get yourself in the shop window when you're not getting to the latter stages with them in the in the county stages. So. Like he was a good underage player for Tip, uh, very solid. He was very good the year they won the under twenty one All Ireland. Scored two four. He was he was zooming about the place on the breaks, battling for ball. He was very good. Um, thought he was a great player. Great, he had a great great game on the day. Uh, Alan Tynan definitely was the standout lad. Just his ability to, to travel with the ball and and he's physical as well. He was he took a right shoulder there in the first half when he was travelling through with the ball and didn't knock a knock a funk out of him. Just took took it on no problem, and his shootings improved out of sight. Um, even when he was on the the minor team in two thousand and fifteen, his striking wasn't anywhere near as crisp as it is now. So he looks a real prospect. And James Quigley is look, he's playing well for Kildangan for a good few years now. He earned his place on the panel last year, and he's a very clever player. Like he's he's well able to mix it as well in the physical stakes, but he's. He reads the game very well. Like he's he's out in front of his man an awful amount, and he's just he's good on the ball. And he went to wing back in the second half, and he looked comfortable there as well. So, um, yeah, the North with with, with only seventeen players, like it was a very strong team. And you'd imagine once the under twenty one is up as well, there'll be a few more lads to to come in and have a look at. So, from a South perspective, it was just outside of Dylan Walsh, maybe Sean Kennedy from Mary's there scored four or five points. Slim pickings on their end, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just mentioned you both, you both mentioned James Quigley, and he he had he he stood out for me as well before I'd seen him play a club, uh, Jerry. But I was always thinking that he was like an old style fullback where he'd need his two cornerbacks. But Inda said he went out in the wing. Is he? Do you think he'd be yeah. able to slot into the inter county scene? Um, yeah, definitely, because like. Uh, He'd probably be going to tip matches there for the last couple of years, and he has been on the panel. He's been in, in around the scene, and you're always wondering, like, geez, how come he's never getting a, a shot? Like, you know, even in the league, like, I, I don't know, did he get any game time in the league last year? I don't think he did, but he was always on the panel, like, and you'd be always wondering, Jesus, why isn't he getting a goal? Like, and then you, I, I just made a few inquiries, and people say, yeah, he's now out, out full back, like, he's now out, out full back. But Jack Shelley went out wing forward the other day, and he followed him, and he played wing back, and she said, arguably played better wing back. You know, he was actually very good and he was very good under the high ball. He's very strong under the ball and he's aggressive. Like he gets the ball and it's out and he's aggressive and he's strong. Like he really impressed me enough because I actually wouldn't have seen a whole pile of him. Mm-hmm. Only from what I've heard, but he definitely, definitely impressed me. And I'm sure he impressed Colin and his buys as well because um, it's, hard, it's hard to believe that there'll be maybe 10 or 12 better backs in the county than him yeah. in around the panel, you know. Yeah, well, this was last year was his first year, I think, on, on the panel, wasn't it? So, I mean, he, he, um, and especially the way Sheedy used to operate, he was never firing somebody in, kind of in, in there. They were totally outstanding in there. 
in their first year. So um, hopefully we'll see more of him and, and he can stay he can stay producing. The second game of the day, lads, was in uh, Littleton at two o'clock. Um, Jerry, the, the West played the, the mid, an understrength mid side who had, I suppose, none of their lot more for the Sarsfield mine or drum contingent. But um, still, I think it was very good, very good game. Yeah, um, the mids, they didn't line up, obviously, to the programme now. Lyndon Fairbrother and Ronan Tehan and Tom Hayes were, were missing from the programme. And Dean Crew, Upper Church, came in. Shane Dial, Brackens and Jack Butler, Upper Church, came in. And, geez, the mid had a great start. They went they went eight pints up. I think they went one seven to two pints up. And it looked like, you know, it was going to be similar enough to the first match that they, they were going to run away with it. Um, Darrell Woods was was causing havoc up front. He he's he's very he, he was very good now in fairness. But the West pulled it back to, to they got it back to three points. It's one eleven to one eight at half time. Um, Willie Barry got the goal for for the West. It was a good goal. Ryan Doody broke through the middle and drew the man and threw it in, and he finished it well. And yeah, they got it back to three points, and there was a bit of a breeze there. So you always thought they'd pull it back. And the second half, then the West were, the West were well on top. They were by far the better team, and um, actually the scoreline kind of flattered the mid in the end. There was three pints in at the end, but the West were probably eight nine pints better than them. Um, the mid got a soft enough our goal in the second half, but yeah, it was it was competitive. It was a good edge, it was a good cut. There was aggression, and you know there was a will to win there. You could see it and. Probably at the start, the West Boys seemed a bit, a bit nervous. They were a bit jittery on the ball, but yeah, once they got into it, they, they were very impressive. Um, like that's a strong half back line. They had Owen Connolly and the Heflin and Dylan Quirk. Like that's 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 very strong, and they were they were the best line in the field, and they were probably were three of the best players in the field as well. Um, yeah, D- Dylan Quirk was an interesting one. We had spoken about it last week and, and his position and a wing back yeah. that he had played there before with, with Liam Tal at under twenty one level. But how did how did he go? Did, did he see yeah, I think, I think he um he I think it was his own personal request to play wing back in this tournament. So I suppose he kind of had to produce the goods then. But um yeah, he looks very solid under the ball, looks very strong, very solid, like he's great strike of a ball as well. Um yeah, no, look he didn't do himself any harm there anyway. He's probably drawn the next day, you know, will tell a lot against the North. That'll be a fair test for him now. But um yeah, no, he 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 looks he looks at home there. He doesn't look out of place there. Yeah. Uh Jar Brown as well, uh, played very well. He scored five, five or six points from play, I believe. And uh, good to see yeah. him in a, in a good bit of form. Yeah, no, he's in the first half he was he was centre forward and he was it was kind of bunched a bit, you know. He couldn't get much room, but Got a point, I think, in the first half. Geez, he, he came alive in the second half. Kind of came out to feel a small little bit into space. And geez, he just took off from there. Like every time you looked up, he was free. Like the running he was doing off the ball was unbelievable. Like, and he got five. Yeah, he could get five or six points from play. Yeah, he was outstanding. Like he's serious pace. He's a serious talent, as we all know. Um, definitely put his hand up. And as I said, he's probably only going to improve again. Like, um, Denart will be a fair challenge to him as well against um, Robert Byrne because Robert Byrne did have a good game for Denart, but he was kind of left on his own all the time. So it'll be interesting to see what way Gerard lines up against him if he's on him. Um, yeah, but very, very impressive. 
Uh, before before we finish up on on the Miller Shield, uh, Ed Donnelly, I don't know, did you see it? He he attended both games and he picked his his team of the uh, of the two games. Um, and he had Reese Shelley in the goals. I suppose in in the wet in the Midwest game, you two of the up and coming goalies, Jerry and Aaron and, and Reese were were on show. Yeah. How how yeah, do you think they went? Yeah, Reese is an unbelievable stat for ball. It's it's actually ridiculous how far he can hit the ball. And the power, like he was dropping the ball in the first half down inside the 14, like at the other end of the field. Like it's it's unbelievable the power he has. Um, he had a bit of a breeze with him, but in fairness to Aaron Brown, his puck outs were they were going a long way and he was picking out men as well. Like he's a great puck out as well. But one small little error Aaron, Aaron did for the for the second goal, just a misplaced pass. But look, that happens. He he's a phenomenal goalie, like and he's a phenomenal talent, as is Reese, and they're probably the two best up and coming that he's in the county um, on the day uh, suppose, I suppose Reese on the day between the two matches was the pick of him um, Hogan obviously didn't do anything wrong for the North and his pockets were good but he wasn't really tested yeah, yeah it's, it's an interesting to watch to watch going forward he had uh, Quigley that you mentioned he had Johnny Ryan at cornerback did Johnny Ryan go well for the West? yeah he did in, in fairness he's I like Johnny Ryan a lot. Like he's a, he's a serious hurler, and he's a, what I like about him is, is his aggressiveness when he gets the ball and off the ball as well, and and in the tackle, he's very aggressive. Like and John, you know, he's only going to improve as well. He's very young, so yeah, he definitely deserves his place on on, on Ed's team. Yeah, and um, uh, he had Nina's Filipiki at wing forward. It, it was he a man you you would have picked out as well from that from that first game. Yeah, well, Philip's been probably in the last two or three years one of Nina's better players um, throughout the championships, and he's he's got he's got seer and play, seer and pace. He's not physically imposing or anything like that, but he gets around and he's just very direct. Like he, for the two goals he got, he could have t- tipped over points, but he said he put pinned ears back, and he went went bald headed for it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he's 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 caught it at an intercounty level now, but like he's. He's twenty four or five, and he's been a consistent performer at club level for Nina. So, if he stays, if he puts in another performance like that, like two goals, isn't going to is going to put you in the shop window with, uh, with the selectors, and they're going to take note of it. So we'll see how he goes the next day. Like as I say, the South were very poor on the day, and it's 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 hard to know how much you can take take it at face value on, until they're until they're tested against the uh, in a, in a harder match, and they'll they'll get that against the West the next day. So. We'll find out more then. Yeah, so the the round two of, of the Miller Shield goes ahead this weekend. It's the mid and the north, and or sorry, the west and the north, and the mid and the south, and those games are on Saturday morning in both of them in Clonolty, I believe. Um, so look, uh, Jerry, thanks for joining us on, on the Premier View, and uh, no we'll talk to you again. No bother. Thanks, Mike. Central Stadium, an iconic sporting venue. As part of a major fundraising drive, My Stadium Seat is offering you the chance to place your name or the name of someone who loves GAA on a seat at the Field of Legends. Packages from €100 include seat naming plaques, certs of authenticity, online biographies and open day tickets. Show your support or make someone's Christmas. Visit mystadiumseat.com. Sample Stadium, where every name matters. Okay, we're joined once again on the Premier View by Tipperary CA board, Football Board PRO, Anthony Shelley, as we look back on a great weekend of football in the county and um, Lockmore regaining the, the senior football title as only Lockmore can in dramatic fashion. Anthony Shelley, very welcome again. Yeah, thanks, Mike. 
Uh, yeah, and we'll start right there. And um, and I suppose the quality of John McGrath, uh, Anthony, scoring that winning, winning goal uh, in what was practically injury time to, to win the senior. A, a pulsating senior final, uh, I, I would say, in that it was very, very close. Uh, Bear the first, what, three or four minutes when commercials went one, two to no score up. After that, mm. it was nip and tuck the whole way through, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um, you know, God, this is a game, I suppose, commercials will look back and say that they, they could have won it and they should have won it. But to be honest, I think Lockmore deserves to win it. Um, you know, take the first five minutes out of it. Um, I thought they were a the better team. Um, I mean, my stats at the end of the day showed that they had 58, 58% possession compared to commercials 42, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, they... They, once they got to grips on the commercials um, pace of play and everything like that they were um, I, th- I thought they were they were probably the better team even though commercials led for, for the whole game look you shouldn't be surprised with mm-hmm. uh, another cracking game between these two I think it was was it 2019 and went extra time over right. in Borderland and then last year there was only a point in it and, and this year there was only a point in it so there's actually nothing between this two these two teams, I think last week I, I, I refused to call it because I didn't actually yeah. know which way it would go. And um, But having said that, now, Mike, if you had met me 10 minutes before the game when I had heard that uh, John Maher and Brian McGrath weren't starting, I would have called it for commercials at that stage. So that'll show you what an achievement it was to uh, for Lockmore yeah, uh, to win it without those two because a lot of teams, they're, you know, their heads have been on the ground if they were losing two players of that quality from the starting starting lineup. But Lockmore just seemed to get on with it, you know, and put somebody else in to do a job and and off you go. And um yeah, that, in the end, um well deserved winners. Great goal from John at the end. Um yeah, sure look, as only John can do. We said last week he's probably one of the, the best footballers, if not the best footballer in the county. And he and he proved again like, you know, finding a bit of space there where where nobody would find space. And um uh, uh, and a great move uh, to, um, you know, two or three hand passes. Uh, and there he is inside the box with a load of space. He did the same against um, my Rovers in the semi-final for his goal. Like, you know, in a packed box, he seems to have space. But it's mm-hmm. obviously a sign of a quality player. Yeah, but, I uh, suppose yeah, th- 30 great. seconds, well, it wasn't even. 10 seconds before he, he scored the goal was, I suppose, what, what we expect from, from uh, Lockmore was the turnover. And... They, they went after, I think it was Young Murphy uh, back in the corner and, and it was a Brian or someone got a hand in and, and dispossessed him and next thing Brian had the ball in his hand and it was McGrath and McGrath and McGrath. But that, that, um, that tendency to just never give up and to go after that turnover so deep in, into the game just shows the, the conditioning and, and fitness of, of these lads, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I thought it was a, kind of a schoolboy error, to be honest, from Young Murphy to come back into the traffic like you know I mean you know, the, they had got it out to the wing you just had to be one tackle out there break that tackle and you're out and the game is probably over but um, you know held up panicked came back into the traffic and not only did he come back into heavy traffic he came back into traffic in rush hour as well like you know yeah, yeah. so um, they, um, the the three lads got around them uh, I think three McGraths got around them they won the ball it was a brilliant turnover because there was you know a lot of the time and I've watched it again you know and a lot of time when you see that 
you think Tisda has to be a free there somewhere, but there wasn't even a hint of a free. No. It was just a real proper, real proper turnover. Uh, not sure was it um, who was it? Brian then kept his head. You know, he, he could have panicked there. A lovely hop and turn, give it give it to Kieran, Kieran to Liam, Liam and to to John. And uh, you know, again, I thought it was when I seen it the first time. I said, "Geez, that's that's brilliant." To you know, he. He could have tipped that one over the bar, it might have been easier. But um when I see when I watch it again, actually the, you know, it probably was the right thing to do. It's, you know, it still takes a bit of balls and everything to to slot it away the way he did it, and a bit of talent as well. Like, but uh, it was easier actually go for the goal than the point at that yeah. stage. <laughs> it was just uh, I saw, saw a good interview with um Brian and Stephen Gleason after the match. And uh Brian actually said the same thing that maybe maybe he should have put it over the bear, you know, that, that mm. was it the wrong, well, obviously it wasn't the wrong decision because it went into the back of the net, but if, if he had a miss or if Michael O'Reilly had got a foot to it or whatever, it would have, mm. people would have been saying, isn't it, that, that it, should have, it should have gone over the bear. Yeah, look, the, the pass in from Liam was brilliant, like it put him yeah. face on the goal. Um, you know, God, I, I think he had to go for goal at that stage. As yeah. I said, on the day I thought he should have tap, tapped it over, but uh, when I when I looked at the replay, I thought, yeah, he had to go for a goal yeah, in that and, situation. And a, and a, sniper like, a sniper like John is always going to go for a goal there. I'd say he didn't even think of a point. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, about ten minutes before that, Anthony was was I thought was a very pivotal point in the game. Um, commercials were true. Ross Peters had. Um, I, I thought what he should have he should have scored a second goal for commercials, and Shane Hennessy got down to save it, and then about thirty seconds later. Sham Kindy gets black card and uh, commercials are down to 14 for the remainder. That's what 30, 40 seconds probably, I won't, it was a very pivotal, I won't say it turned the game, but it was definitely a very pivotal part of the game. Commercials could have been out of sight and then 30 seconds later, Lockmore are, are kind of post cock of the wall, down, commercials down to 14, we have a chance here. Uh, you're very diplomatic, Mike. It did turn the game. <laughs> um, the you know, Ross doesn't look, he'd be disappointed with it. He didn't connect with it at all. I mean, Shane, had, Shane was expecting um, a blast and had nearly, you know, dived before it was even kicked, kind of guessing. And he was nearly on the ground when it rolled. And he did well, actually, to scoop it off the line, to be fair. You know, considering that he had kind of gone the wrong way on it or ended up on his backside and, you know, got down, got across and scooped it off the line to safety. Uh, ball comes out. I think this is one that if Derek look back and look looks back at it, he'll think he got wrong. Um Seamus held John up. You can actually see John looking for the free from Derek. And he should have got the free, there's no doubt about it. But uh, he didn't get it, so John just moved on a bit and said, Here I'm gonna make sure I get it the second time. And yeah. Seamus hadn't let him go and John hits the ground, Seamus falls over him. The, you know, I mean it has to be the first the main rule in the black card it has to be deliberate, and there was certainly there wasn't, it wasn't deliberate, you know, I'm not even sure it was a, it was a booking, but at worst it was a yellow card, but I wouldn't even be sure it was that. And, um, the, no, he did go for a second bite, I suppose, all right, when um, he tried to stop the, the, um, the quick free kick from John. But I mean, again, that's not a black card. And I just think in a county final or, or any game, but particularly in a county final, you have to be 100% sure that it's a black card before you issue a black card. Um, you know, I thought it was very harsh, Sham, though. You know, uh, 
John, yeah, he fouled him all right. There's absolutely no doubt about that, but I don't think it was a black card. And I've watched it about six times now at this stage, and um, I still can't see a black card. In it, you know? yeah. um, the start of the game, Anthony, the commercials got off to a flyer and they were 1 2 up. Uh, they had a point from a, a free from Sean O'Connor, and next thing did a goal on the board. Uh, Conal Kindy was gone straight through uh, Liam Ryan, and then Michael Quindleton puts the ball away. And, and um, next thing was it was one two to no score. At that point, it looked like commercials were going to run away with it. They were they were right on top and uh, and playing the better football. Yeah, they were um, they were flying at that stage, and it was a great goal. Like Conal Kendi made his run, and it was an absolutely brilliant run from Liam Ryan off the shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, you could see him you know, powering up, and he gave it to Michael, and oh, it was just it was. It was a class goal, in fairness. You couldn't see any way back for a lot more at that stage. But to be honest, if, if I was in the old stand watching it, quite a good view of it. And um, Lockmore gave a lesson on what to do off the ball. You know, the commercials were playing the way they wanted it at that stage. They were getting it out wide, taking them on in the wings and only coming into the traffic at the last minute. Like, you know, you're in and out as quickly as possible. Yeah. It was a joy to watch for those five minutes. But for the rest of the game, Lockmore gave an exhibition and what you do off the ball, like the wing backs and the corner backs and everything, they tracked their men all day. So now every time the ball went wide, you know, whether it was Michael or Coleman Kennedy, they had a battle, you know, just to beat the men. And Lockmore, big strong team, like likes of John Mar, Tom, Tom, Tommy Mar, Tommy Mar, and then you know, they really and even when commercials turned them over in the back line and they were breaking out, they tracked and tracked and tracked. And it was just, you know, for anyone doing video analysis, it was an absolute exhibition of what you do when you lose possession. Yeah. You know, there was never a free commercials man to give it to, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was absolutely, I think they won this game off the ball as much as what they did on the ball. Uh, and I suppose that's the commitment that a lot more lads are prepared to do that, you know. Yeah. You know, in my day, if you ask me to do that, there's no way. You know, just give me the ball. I'm not here yeah. to do donkey work like that. You know, and a lot of a lot a lot of lads would be like that. You know, but yeah. no, they know what they have to do to to get over the line, and that's why probably people say you know that um it's you know the sum of the parts is greater that um they every single one of them buys in and trusts each other, and uh, that that it, it was it was just it was an absolute lesson on what to do. You know, when when you lose possession, everybody tracks their man, and you don't give you don't give them easy possession. Brilliant yeah. stuff. Yeah. After that first five minutes or five or six minutes, um, Lockmore seemed to settle, and they got a couple of points on the board. By half time, they were only two down, one five to six. Or they probably could have gone in, or should have maybe gone in um, ahead. Uh, Lee McGrath rattled the crossbar um, with a shot there, what twenty, what six minutes, five minutes from from the, the end of the half. But mm. yeah, like as you said, that probably that that willingness to to cut everything off for for commercials probably brought a lot more back in, and then they did what they did best is just and and no panic, you know, just just claw it back, claw it back, keep keep in the game, wasn't it? You know, that's the, ah, yeah, you mean, I mean, Liam was very unlucky. I say he actually hit it too well, but you know, yeah. he caught it as sweet as a nut and uh, came off the crossbar. That would have put them going in ahead, wouldn't it? Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, you know, but they were also, you know, they pushed right up in the commercials kick out and forced them to go long an awful lot. 
and um, there was 29 kickouts in that game now and they won 19 of them so that gives you a fair platform you know mm-hmm. to, to go and attack like you know 19 out of 29 kickouts won uh, it, it's um, it, it's good going it's, it's a great stat like you know and then the the free count I, people were saying 27-11 I actually had it at 28-10 but I might have got excited and put a free in the wrong box at one stage but uh, um, you know but Clamwell might give out about that stat but to be honest most of the frees were frees like you know um, uh, the you know a lot more clever like you, know, you, you once they feel the contact to go down like but like Clamwell going in over the top a lot yeah. and um, you know so they, they can't it's probably the frees that they didn't get they might be given out about but uh, uh, no, they certainly uh, you know, I, I don't I don't like that stat actually no I, I hate when I hear and look I'm probably guilty of it myself in, in, in the past it's you know it is oh so the other team has won 20 frees and we've won 10 like the referee's job isn't to make sure both teams get an equal amount of frees absolutely <laughs> yeah that's what I'm saying that uh, yeah. you know yeah, there'll always be one or two yeah. contentious ones but um you know, it was the same against us. They get 29 frees against us, and they would say look, 25 or 26 of them are probably yeah. frees, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and the same here, like so. Um, but uh, you know, it, it can be a tactic as well to, to slow down the play and stop the yes. stop the quick counter attack, like you know. So, uh, so just on, on, I suppose, uh, players that, that played well, not more introduced Evan Sweeney um, at half time, and he had a very, very influential part in the game, played really well. Has settled into that role in in both codes, kind of uh, as coming on and 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 doing what he needs to do. Uh, he played very well for for Lockmore. John, who who got man of the match, I think it's his sixth in in a row as, as man of the match. Now, I wouldn't have said he was man of the match. I thought Connor Ryan was was excellent for for uh, for Lockmore and and might have just yeah. shaded the, the best the best player for Lockmore on the day. But but anyway, John John got it. But, I did. I did think Evan played very well in that second half when they needed someone. John obviously and, and Connor Ryan. Uh, would, Evan, Evan, yeah, Evan, Evan did play very well and chipped in with a point as well. Like yeah. and uh, he did the very same role against um, my Rovers in the semi final and, uh, and was vital to him even winning that game. Like you know, it's yeah. look, he's a class act. He's been doing it for many years now. Like yeah. you know, and. Uh, there's no, there's no backward step in him. He, he he goes forward every time he gets, and he's always looking to create something. But like you, I would have actually thought um, uh, Conor Ryan was made of the match seven points in total, five frees. Uh, but he had to nail every single free because there was none of them tap overs. To be fair, <laughs> and uh, and he did like which which showed a bit of bottle like. But you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I suppose John had one too. But I suppose one thing on. On that goal, just to go back to it, and I thought it was a bit of a mistake from the commercials point of view. And about fifty-eight minutes gone, uh, Ross Peters had been doing a fine job on um, on John McGrath. He tracked him everywhere, and uh, as, as Ross often does, uh, and had uh, been doing a fine job. And when they took, no, he might have been out on his feet. You know, you don't know what's going on the sideline. But uh, and they took John or Ross off with about 58, 59 minutes gone. I said, God, I hope you don't pay for that. Like you know, in my head. And, uh, you know, I didn't think it was any coincidence that John found himself on his own in the box, you know, yeah. two minutes after Ross has, Ross has gone off the field. You know, Ross would have tracked that and it might have been a different result, like, you know. But, um, you know, but, you know, that's, you, you just don't know. Yeah. So um, um, commercials, yeah. commercials obviously contributed handsomely to this game and were, were I suppose, I suppose 
maybe having led for so much, we're unlucky not to not to win it. But um, a, a standout player for them was Kevin Fahey again. And Kevin is a player I've admired for the last five or six years in, in, in the tip colours. And I thought he was outstanding again um, on, on Sunday. Absolutely brilliant, you know. And um, the, actually, he's probably, you know, since he moved into centre-back uh, and Brigley for tip, he, he, he's just gone to a different level altogether and probably the most consistent tip player and commercial player. Uh, he's definitely commercial player of the year anyway from what I've seen him this year. Uh, uh, but for the last two or three years from tip, he's been outstanding, just a top, top player. Uh, yeah, commercial con- contributed to the game, all right. But you'd expect that with the players they have. Like, I mean, they're a class side. Uh, let's not forget, like, just to tell you how good they are and the achievement that like more below. There's only commercials toward loss in seven years. You know, that's a fair stat. Like, that's fair going from any team. You know, to lose three times in seven years um, is unreal. But, like, I mean, two of those have been to their arch enemy, Lockmore. So, Lockmore are every bit as good. Like, so, like you know, the two best teams going going at it in the county, not in between them. There's no surprise it was the cracker that it was. Yeah, absolutely. So Lockmore go on to represent Tip now in, in the Munster Senior Football Championship and their quarterfinals against Airog of Ennis, uh, which is on in the Cusick Park in Ennis on Sunday, the 5th of December um, at, at 1 o'clock. Yeah, uh, interesting there. As far as I know, um, the Airog beat who came up Maria Bricken in the, in, in the Clare final. But as far as I know, a former commercial player, Luke Moore, Luke used to play wing back with him and would have won a few county finals with him. I think Luke is a member of the Airog panel now. He's living down in Ennis. Right. I think he's, a, yeah. So they haven't, yeah. they haven't got con- all the commercials over here yet. They haven't got rid know? of them yet. <laughs> yeah. And I think the winners yeah. of that then, if they can get over that, like, and they might, because uh, I mean, you know, there's such a, such an experience. You, Outfit at this stage, Airog have won their first county final in maybe ten or fifteen years. Like you know, they probably go on to play. They go on then to play the if they do get over it, go on to play the winners of uh, the core champions, which would be Clonakilty or Saint Finbars, which you'd imagine would be Saint Finbars. You know, Stephen yeah. Sherlock should nearly come for Clonakilty on his own. Like you know, <laughs> uh, three three quasi. I think I read during the week he's three thirty five and five games this year. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah so the. Um, I would give I would give Lockmore. I don't know much about Aero Guinness, you know, but uh, I suppose I think to beat Kilmaria Brecon can't be too bad. Like, but, uh, too bad. no, yeah, and, and yeah, football and yeah, to, I, I, I would well. certainly give Lockmore a serious chance of, mm. of progressing further in, in Munster if if they're interested in it. Depends on how Ireland goes. This is true. This is true. In the other big game of the day on Sunday in in the stadium, Roman Inch got one over on Grant Mokler. We we were talking about last week. We thought Grant Mokler might win this one, but. I had always a sneaky feeling for Drum um, once they were knocked out of the hurling, hurling earlier on in the time that they could do something like this. And uh, so, so it came to prove. But they, they, they gave a very good performance, Drum, and, and uh, led from start to finish. Uh, yeah, they were dominant from, from the first whistle, like, you know, but I mean, um, their experience, the, the, the difference in size, everything, you know, worked in their favour. I actually thought myself that Grange Walker would win and I thought it was a fine day that it would really play into Grange Walker's hands, but sure it couldn't have been more wrong. Like, you know, uh, Trump have a fine system of play. Um, they're very hard to break down. Grange Walker probably needed to be a bit more patient. They're a very young Grange Walker team. Like, I mean, they won the under-21 this year and 12 of that under-21 team. And I know it was the 2020 under 21, but it was only played in July. Uh, 12 of that team started on Sunday. So, like, that's very, very young. And 
you know, we would have said last year was probably a year, a year too soon for him. So that's two in a row, which is going to be hard to, um, yeah, hard to take. But at the same time, you know, I think their their innocence and their naivety showed on Sunday. They, they I was doing the co commentary and that with Stephen. Uh, my debut might be asked again, but um, the um. I was nearly sick of saying the same thing. They made the same mistake over and over and over again, just kept running into heavy traffic, like the, where they needed to move, you know, a solo in it into heavy traffic, like where the ball, they didn't need to be taking touches and needed to move that wide and, and just come into just come into the traffic to take your score and get out of there again, like, you know. But um, look, that said, drum, they have a fine system to play. When they win the ball, they don't really give it back to you. Um and some really good players like a full forward, uh, David Collins. There's a is is a fine target man, but I mean, the but Grange Moker never. And I was disappointed with this. They never came to terms. The uh, drum drop Shamey back into kind of into centre back position, and it released Emma Baloney forward. And they never came to terms with Emma's role. Like, and he was basically at the freedom of the park to do what he liked, you know, uh, and set up attack after attack, you know. Um, yeah, and shame he stopped any any attack. He's a big strong lad, like you know. Uh, but when they, when they got they got ahead very early on, uh, I think was it um, Hodge Campion got got a got a goal, and Jimmy 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 Maloney got a, got a, got another one. So it, you know the game was nearly over by half time. You know? uh, drum completely dominant from from start to finish. Ran out, uh, I don't know what the score was in the end. It was 2-11 to 9 points. Nine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it could it could, it could have been more, to be honest. You know? yeah. was, when, when you look through the drum team, um, Anthony, like, a lot of them are... Well, I suppose if you, if you follow club football or club hurling in, in Tipperary, a lot of these lads are household names. I mean, the, the two persons, Michael and Finton, they're in the full back line. You've and had two great games as well. Yeah. The whole full back line played very well for drunk yeah. and yeah. included, like you know. Em- Emmett Maloney, Jamie Maloney, you know, very recognisable names. David Collins that you mentioned, mm. uh, David, David Butler, and and mm. then the two champions. Like I mean, they're very young guys that are yeah. well renowned. Uh, very good players, and actually, yeah. first cousins of them, Graz and Lockmore as well. So um, yeah. no, I mean, they, like the, and then the, like and then on the bench, like they brought on. Um, Stephen Nolan, who had been, you know, Stephen is probably one of their better players, but he's been injured for most of the years. So he came on there and, and did very well. So, like, they, they have a strong bench as well. Like, yeah. Drum, drum, you know, they have Port Lawn in the quarterfinal. That's right. And uh, you'd imagine that, you know, you'd nearly give them a chance in that, like, you know, and uh, if they just stick to their system and play, like, and that system is so hard to break down, you know. Uh, uh, um, play like they played last Sunday. Um, they will. Um, they should. They should, should. You'd imagine to be capable of getting over that with the team they have. Now the semi final might be a different. They played the Kerry champions in that, which yeah. mean the game or Beaufort. And uh, uh, even though Beaufort have beaten the Gale for the last the last couple of years, they played. I think the Gale are the common team in Kerry in intermediate Kerry at the moment. And um, sure, they had nine of the St. Brendan's team that was beaten on telly there last Saturday night by us in stacks and penalties. Right. Yeah. You know, including Jack Barry and Dermot O'Connor. So if they do get to the quarter final, that, that should be a cracker, you know, uh, or the semi final, I should say. That should be a cracker. If they could get over, they could get over whoever wins that, the Gale or Beaufort game. Um, you know, 
easily a monster championship there for him if if they could if they could get over that one. But I think that will be their stumbling block. They'll have to really perform to get over get over the Kerry winners. Yeah, no, but very very worthy winners there of, of the, the Tip Intermediate title and uh, the best look to them. Uh, that game is in Tempe Two on the fourth actually at one. Um. The junior final was on. I know you weren't that as I wasn't as either, uh, actually, but Ballina had a, a quite an easy victory over over Kickham's. Um, very strong Ballina team. Um, Stephen O'Brien, Michael Green, um, and then you had Dan Amara and Willie Connors there of, of Kildangan fame who, who were also playing. And quite a few others there on, on the Ballina team. They're a strong team. At, at they're a strong team. Time. Like, and I mean, they even had, um, I was just looking at their team that, um, that you know, they made two changes from the from the semi final. Like Tom Lee and Willie Connors actually didn't start the semi final. They came in, and they came in for Conor McGuire, Conor McGuire and Daryl King. Like so, you know, after every replace a wing back and a centre back, but Tom Lee and Willie Connors are not doing too bad. Like you, know? yeah, no, um, uh, they're a really really strong team. And I mean, look from you know, I know neither was that it, but we did say in the preview the last time that. Um, uh, Finn Looney and uh, a match of power in, in the championship so far had nearly been giddy from, from scoring points, you know. Yeah. And uh, they, did the same, they did the same again last week. I mean, they got one seven between them, and then you had Stephen O'Brien chipping in with another one two. So, you know, they're, they're a serious, serious outfit. And they go on now to play the Limerick champions. Well, they're not Mount actually Collins, Limerick yep. champions, Mount Collins. Yep. Mount Collins aren't actually Limerick champions. Yep. They were beaten in the semi final. Um, I know very obviously, I know very little about Mount Collins except that it's down near Abbey Field. But um, yep. the, um, the final, the junior final in Limerick was actually between Father Casey's and Newcastle West. But second. both of them are second teams, yep. so they can't go into Munster. So they had a playoff between Mount Collins and Croom. Uh, to see and Mount Collins won it by a point it was nine points eight so the, um, you know going on that yeah, and, and, and looking at the team Bell and I have you to say you know they would have to certainly be strong favourites to get through that and if they get through that then they're playing the, the Waterford winners which would be Mount Sign uh, which you know probably more renowned as a hurling team but um, they, they're they're in and out of intermediate and uh, and um, and junior dropping down between intermediate and junior. They won, you know, they won the junior about four or five years ago. Obviously, got relegated back down, and now have won it again. They have um, a lot of their hurlers play on the football team. I think I had a look at their team there the other day and looked at the hurling team as well. And uh, I think there was nine or ten of their hurling team were on it, including the great Aussie mm-hmm. uh, Austin Jason. You know, sure. I mean, if they be if they beat Bellinan in the semi-final, Austin will probably get Player of the Year. You know, yeah. you know, Lee yeah, Keegan no, and all these has to be trying to side like you know, Austin. You know, will get Player of the Year. No, but look, I mean, yeah, uh, again, I I actually think that you know Bellinan could go a long way in this monster championship to go very deep into it. Yeah, and and very good for North football. I, I suppose the, the profile of, of of football in the division that Bellinan winning the. Winning the junior, and I see Nina are into in the the junior B, the junior would say Belnau in the junior A, Nina are into the junior B final. They play Arlo this weekend, but that's um. County finals be- played so far. Would you believe that no South team has won a won a county football final this year so far? Wow, that is a good mm. stat, man. Yeah, mm. that's interesting. But good for football in the in the North Division that that two of their teams there. Uh, absolutely brilliant. You know, like I don't know now. Um, what the story around um, 
Willie Connors and Dan O'Mara is for can they play? What do you can they play in Munster? What's yeah. the story there? Like you know, but you, I suppose somebody on the board might find it find yeah. it out for us. I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure they know they know yeah. when, when when Munster comes around. The yeah. other two finals of last weekend, Anthony. Um, real quick before we finish up, you were you went to see Rockwell claim the Tom Cusick. We said this was going to be a close game, and it, and it was between the two West teams. Uh, cracking game, absolutely cracking game. I mean, they they both were that and Amron Downs from the start. Um, was delighted it was that it actually. Um, you know, Rockwell probably you know were, were definitely better than kicked an awful lot of wides. You know, but I mean they were four two up a, 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 after ten minutes and probably had four wides on top of that as well that they probably should have. But uh, the the change of the game came in came just before the water break. I mean the um, Arlow got it back, got it back to four three, and we're just coming up to the water break. And Tom Tobin from Rockwell broke through. He got through three lads went for the one tackle, and they all missed him. Uh, and, and suddenly, once he had broken through that gap, he found himself one on one with the keeper, and he 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 slotted it um, slotted it into the bottom corner. It was a great goal from his point of view. I'd say Arlo would be very disappointed with it, but um, then you know. The the second quarter, then you know, it was one four to one to three points at the water break. In the second quarter, Arlo took over and uh, had it right back to to. Uh, oh, they were back within a point or two uh, coming up to half time. Uh, Rockwell only got a point in that quarter. Liam Fahey uh, scored a cracking point from about 35, 40 yards. You know, then Arlo took over after after half time. Going into the second water break, it was one five to eight, and uh, you know, say it was all Arlo. I mean, Arlo did what Arlo normally do: the the horse into everything, turnover ball. They were getting it into to Barry Grogan, and um, Barry, I think, came away with five or six points as he as he normally does. Uh, then with twenty five minutes to go, Arlo were gone ahead. Uh, they were a point ahead, one five to nine, and then Gavin Ryan got an excellent point, and then Rocky Maloney with deep into you know, stoppage time. Uh, I'm not sure whether it was a free or a sideline, but it was right on the sideline anyway. Uh, wrong side of the field for a left letter, left uh, left footer. Uh, I like Conor Sweeney and Morris Fitzgerald outside of the right foot, swings it over the bar. An absolutely brilliant point, well worthy of winning any final or any match, but particularly a final. I believe it was the first senior uh, county, or first senior not senior, uh, yeah, senior county trophy that Rockwell have ever won. So there was great excitement done when they won it, like, you know, to win their first ever senior senior trophy at county level. So, um, yeah, cracking game and uh, absolutely delighted we went down to it. Uh, yeah, no, a great, a great, great value. Looked like, and fair play to both teams because it was a game that could be easily boil over, like it was heavy hitting and everything, but it never did. It never did. There yeah. wasn't even, a, you know, never, never sparked off. But, uh, yeah. no, no, a good, a good, win, for, a good yeah. win for Rockwell after they, mm. they finished bottom of their group and, and mm. um, yeah no a, a great win for them and, and congratulations to them on their, on their first senior trophy is right the other final of the weekend sees Cat White uh, county champions of the world um, Anthony um, <laughs> winning the under 19B uh, against, on penalties against the fancied upper church team but yes uh, on penalties and we, we'll talk about that there in a minute but a good game uh, you, you had mentioned 
the four guys you had mentioned last week on the preview were excellent for for the church. Um, I thought Pat Ryan at centre back had a, had a great game. He's a fine player, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, Luke Luke Shanahan then at, at centre forward, off his left and off his right, uh, mm. very very comfortable footballer, excellent. And Washington Tracy in the middle of the field. Um, James Griffin. Then you, you, I think you mentioned James. He was he played full back, but it was back, yeah. a former minor mm. minor goalie brought off a good save actually from a penalty in in um, extra time. Uh, before it even went to penalties, he, he had saved the penalty. Uh, All right, yeah. that, that that could have won it for us. Um, a, a good save, and uh, yeah, he, he played he played very well. But on our own side, uh, two two young lads, Connor Martin and Thomas Mahoney, were were the two wing backs. Connor Martin played centre forward for the minor hurlers last year, but he was excellent at, at wing back. Really, real real good footballer. They had um, Sean Ryan there from from the church had gone out to wing forward to kind of. He'd normally played midfield and went out wing forward to kind of stop Connor getting up and down the line. But uh, Connor, Connor had a great, great game. And uh, Tristan Stokes there. The church actually led 1-7 to 4 with 15 to go. And, and we got back. We got a back level. Um, just deep into injury time now, I have to say. A, a super free from Stephen D, um, who is of the, the solid club, a, a left foot free. He kicked it with the outside of the, to the foot and went over. Uh, but yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, we I suppose it was there was it was very dogged affair, a uh, lot of hard hitting. Uh, I suppose similar to, to the game you were at, it, it, it had been misting and the, the ground was cutting up and it was mm. you know there was a lot of hard hard hitting and tackling and stuff in it. But yeah, I mean, look, it went to penalties. It's certainly not a, a good way to win or well, it's fine to win it, but it's certainly not a good way to lose to lose a game. I really yeah, and for the church after. I was um I I was surprised with penalties because I had, you know, what did you say it was one seventy four up at one stage, yeah. were they? Yeah, I was yeah. getting the updates on Twitter there, and I was up into town obviously to damn music and uh, I kind of had stopped following it. I thought, ah, should the church have that? Like, you know, the next yeah. thing, I just I just glanced at it again. And the church, to well, whether the tweet that came through said that the church were two 0 up in pen- penalties. They did. Uh, yeah, we we missed mm-hmm. our first. Penalty. Well, they, they they went first and they scored. They were one up, and then we scored. We missed. So and then they got their. All right. Yes, they were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So that's uh, that's the 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 finals from last weekend. Anthony Shelley, Tipperary Football Bureau. Thanks a million for joining us on the Premier Review. No problem, Mike. Make someone's Christmas. Visit mystadiumseat.com. Yeah, so lads, the big game of the weekend is Turles Sarsfields and Lockmore in the replay. And uh, Lockmore going for going for their second county title in, in seven days. Um Sean, are you as confident as you were two weeks ago? Not Mike, I don't know what I'm to be honest. I'd gonna hop in the car in the morning and go after day thinking just tied or something because Lockmore momentum is huge like the moment, you know. So like that last one to go against Clamel is was worth like what that's worth in terms of Team spirit and momentum in the parish and everything is unreal. Like um, rumors around John Mayer's hamstring isn't good, but it's like more like if he can walk, you play. Like so, so Brian Grad last day with Tom, like he gave an exhibition with half Tom. So we need to be at our very very best. To be honest, yeah. In the um, based on the last day, do you think that there'll be any changes? Uh, I won't say personnel wise, but I mean tactically going going into this game. I don't see there being any changes tactically, to be honest. I'd say it'll be more power for the course. Turles are playing a specific way all year and they're not going to change now. It's worked, worked for them for large, large patches. 
might be a bit concerned. They've started well in games, playing the long ball in, but teams in, in the semi-final and the, and the drawing game, the teams started to get to grips with it a bit, dropping someone back to make sure that Paddy Creedon didn't have any space. Dennis Maher wasn't winning primary ball. So I, I, I think this kind of has... Um, it reminds me a bit of 2014 All-Ireland for Lockmore. Everything went right from the first game and, and it just didn't get over the line. I, I think Turles, they only had three or four lads hurling really well out of the whole team. So you'd imagine that they'll have a few more lads coming coming up with bigger performances the next day. So for, it could be a missed chance for Lockmore, I think. Yeah. Uh, Sean, I don't know whether you have any inside information into the Sars camp, but uh, how or what way will you handle Super John McGrath, who's going for seven men in the matches in a row? I think the only way to handle him is actually knock down the ridge, come out a lot more in the morning. Because it gets to the field, to be honest. Like, I don't know what you do. We might try someone else on him, but like, as he said, he just pops up anywhere. Um, again, I think they said there, like, a lot more were exceptional last day. And, like, we may have learned more from that, kind of watching it back and analysing it and seeing that. But again, you've got him for him and we might mix up so who's on John, which I say we could do, to be honest. Yeah. Um... Do you think uh, in the Ronan Maher uh, will have as much influence on the game from centre-back as he did the last day or will Lockmore try to push up on him and, and, and not let him on the ball as much? Well, in the first half, Lockmore, their use of the ball was very poor for large patches. Or two Mahers were there, just the two of them, they're hitting the high ball on top of him. And you're out of hiding to nothing doing that, kind of making heroes of him in early in the half. But in terms of trying to stop the Mahers being in the game, it's, it's not going to happen really, is it? It's kind of the same with John McGrath. Like, you just have to hope you can curtail their influence as much as you can. Um, look, Ronan was one of their better players the last day, and he's he's one of Tip's best players the last couple of years. Like, so to say you're going to stop him hurling is is it's difficult. But um, you know, it's it's hard to see it's hard to see how Lockmore can play any better than they did the last day. Like, the, everything went right from look bar the two early goals. The, everything was going right, and they had the, they had the game down to a tee. John Maher was cleaning up all. If John Maher is missing, maybe that could be could be a big difference. Like he, I know John McGraw got man of the match, but John Maher was unreal that day, and so was um, Kieran Connolly. So it's hard to call. It's hard to know if if you have the bounce coming from the football for Lockmore versus Turles having played poorly and coming into the game, and surely they'll they'll be improved. So you know, where's the match going to be won and lost? It's just going to be hard to call again. Yeah, um, we're, I suppose we're not too sure how, how bad the uh, hamstring injury is for John Maher, but it certainly kept him out of the football. I don't think he even togged out last weekend, uh, which, as Sean was saying there, kind of, if, if you're from Lockmore and you're carrying an injury, well, you're not the day of a county final, but to, to actually keep him out of the game, there must be something to it. But if he wasn't to tug out the weekend, is that just Brian straight into centre-back, do you think? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Straight up, yeah, very simple. Yeah, put Brian in centre back. Yeah, that's we're losing the man then. Like John Maher last day was very good under the breaking ball. Watching like the Brian do that then that kind of frees up. Like you know, if John doesn't play, kind of advantage and their backs forwards towards like which I hope, hope everyone kind of plays the final. You wouldn't like anyone to miss out to injury that. But like far as John Maher last day was his tactical awareness of the game and his reading was phenomenal. Like so, the Brian McGrath step into that. Brian was on real under puck outs himself. So. They might drop someone back. Lockmore have plans, I guess. They know what to do, but I have a feeling if John Merrick can go at all, he'd be on the field. A good few of the, a good few of the Sars lads must be under pressure for places, Sean. 
Yeah, like they could mix up one or two, but I say same thing could start. But again, if you don't foreign, there's subs that should be coming in. Like there is, we have subs there. There's panels, the players there that will mix up for sure. Yeah, it certainly has the the makings of a, of an interesting game uh, this weekend, and hopefully it doesn't fall foul to what we've seen in replays before, where the, the the good the good drawn game is followed by a fairly damp squib of a of a of a replay. But I don't think we we see this with with these two teams, and, and as you said, Lockmore certainly got a bounce off the off the football, so they'll be going in with their with their heads held high. Sean, you're obviously tentatively on the Sairs. Um, the Sarah side of the of the fence in the do you know are you on the fence as usual or is there a side you, you're going to pick this time? There's hardly going to be another draw this time, and yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, I backed Turles last and they played Jesus, they played give him a four out of ten team performance, and they still managed to come out of the game without losing. So if they improve 20 30 percent, I think. I think they'll beat Lockmore, especially if there's question marks over John Maher. John Maher doesn't start, they don't win. Um, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Very good. So that game goes ahead at, I think it's quarter past three, isn't it? Or um, on, yep. on Sunday in, in the stadium. Uh, 10 euro for tickets, 15 on the day, I believe. And the, the, the game is live on TG4 again. Uh, the other hurling games of the weekend, let's see, um, are, to, are intermediate and junior A winners go out into Munster action uh, in the minor out on Sunday as well I think it's at around the same time as the as the county final they're playing uh, Kerry uh, Kilmiley from Kerry isn't it? Kilmiley so they're the senior senior champions in Kerry and going into the intermediate divisional then uh, I remember when we were winning county finals a few years ago we played Kilmiley a few times and they always have a few decent hurlers so it'll be a challenge for mine considering they're not what they're after win. They're our junior champions and they're going up to intermediate. So um, <laughs> they're going to be playing senior clubs. So it'll be it'll be a big step up in quality for them. So it, they'll they'll just be glad to be getting into a monster campaign. It'll be novel for them and see how they get on. Um, yeah, in the junior A, let's uh, Skihina Rinka are out. They, we failed to mention it in the, la- the last day. Skihina won the the junior A to beat uh, your near neighbour Sean Holy Cross in the. The final, a, a brilliant last quarter, scored 10 points without reply from 12, 9 to 19, 12 winners. Uh, so that was quite a good win and they, they go up onto the intermediate grade for next year. But they're playing carry opposition. It'll be good for the South Division and for Skihin to have a good run in this competition, if, if at all possible. Yeah, and like that was a big win for Skihin Rinka. Um, over a fantastic cross team now who've lost two county finals this year, last year, June, and this year, which is disappointing. Um, like the last quarter, skin rink just blew them out of the water, whatever happened. Like that water break is a killer in games. Talking to my press lads, they just said, just the last quarter of games you've seen over the years there, over last year, like games change. Um, the skin rink are going into that now, like there's some fine hurlers and bit fans to cross team and have a lot of people kind of up against like, with, with level of rat and tip at the moment and the whole grade and down the line and that. But hopefully it will come for themselves and all them games think of the weekend are actually live on Clubber. So um there's five or six hurling games weekend live on Clubber. So lads want to watch Heli there Saturday and Sunday and then the TG4 have the Sars game. It's a good weekend of action on the couch if you want. Yeah, no, uh, Clubber a great a great uh, a great website there with, with, with all the games. And I think uh in the you were at a, a hearty game there today, but Clubber had all five hearty games uh, I believe today. But um 
as regards tip schools in the Harty Cashel had a great win over Flannels. You were at the, the Turles Temple Moor game and, and Turles won it quite handy, I think, in the end, didn't they? Yeah, it was handy. Like the first quarter, it was tight, tightish. Temple Moor, they battled hard and they, they kept it tight. But once once the first goal went in, I think it was um, your man of the Mahers from Mike Harkey, Joe Maher, I think. Um, he got a goal and it spread it out to five points. And then once the second half came around, it blew him out of the water. Like that Turles team is very, very good on paper. Like, um, you have, what's his name? Jack Leamy, uh, Dara Stakelum started actually. Even though he wasn't expected to start, Sean was very surprised to hear that he started. Uh, he didn't believe me there. I, I, I don't like to, Sean. <laughs> it sounded sound like the biggest spoof ever when he said it earlier. <laughs> no, he was starting all right. Um, but Joe Caesar was very good as well. And Jimmy Lahart there from Holy Cross, he's a right good little player. And just they've, they've quality all over there. And they're bringing on Tommy Maher there from Thoris Og there for two or three minutes. Like he's, I know he's young and he's a good, good few years left at hearty level, but. He's a very good player, like in most schools would be having him as one of their key players. So uh, yeah, Turles, they look like they could be they could be big contenders for this year. Yeah, and a huge win for Cashel, actually. They're two wins on the board now and, and a win over Rain and Champions Lennon. So that that'd be great for that school. Great for them, yeah, it's great. And it's a good while since I I think we've had four teams in the Hearty Cup and they're they're all well perfect Temple more. We've three schools in the in the quarterfinals now. Yeah. Sorry, no, yeah, three schools, Nina won as well. So Nina won by four points in their match. So it's great. It's good advertisement for the young players we have in the county. So yeah, I think and, the, the, the quarterfinals yeah. of the of the Hearty Cup, they're not on now till the eighth of, of January, which is a Saturday. So there'll be there'll be yeah. good games for people to go to there at the at the start of the year. Um that's I think that's uh, unless you have anything else, I think that's all we've time for this week. All good, Mike. Um, so look, just thanks to Dave Morgan of My Stadium Seat uh, for joining us on, on the Premier View, Anthony Shelley and Jerry O'Neill, who was making his debut. And uh, Sean and Inda, should we talk to you next week when we'll see who has, whether Sean will be shouting number 37. And I don't know, has he any days left with the amount of time he's taken off? But uh, um, <laughs> no, no doubt he, he, he'll, be, he'll be screaming and shouting one way or the other uh, come Sunday night, Monday morning. Uh, so until next week, lads, uh, thanks very much and to Bernard See you, Mike. Central Stadium, an iconic sporting venue. As part of a major fundraising drive, My Stadium Seat is offering you the chance to place your name or the name of someone who loves GAA on a seat at the Field of Legends. Packages from €100 Euro include seat naming plaques, certs of authenticity, online biographies and open day tickets. Show your support or make someone's Christmas. Visit mystadiumseat.com. Sample Stadium, where every name matters.
Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.